0: behind the curtain of the Softly Training Lab with the Softly Performance Podcast. The pinnacle of human performance is out there, and we
1: intend to find it.
0: Welcome back to another Softly Performance Podcast, your Lunch and Learn series. We are bringing you Chapter 6, Episode 1, focusing on psychological state. I'm going to pass the mic over to Matt so he can go ahead and drop you in and inform you what we're going to be covering today's chapter.
1: Yeah, thanks, George. So like with with all these Lunch and Learn series, episode one is going to be us focusing on what is psychological state? What do we mean by it? Um, we'll then break into episode two, which is going to be us exploring how it's relevant to the the tactical professional then finally our episode three is going to be how you can implement it how you can actively use the stuff we're teaching you to to make a change so to kick us off what we mean by psychological state it's effectively just how you're how you're feeling so whether that's um kind of whether you're feeling really positive whether you're feeling really happy whether it's it's sort of sad or angry um and where that's really important is is how you're feeling it directly affects the lens through which you you view the world. And you might be able to think of a, a time when you you felt really happy, um, and all of a sudden, like the things around you seem more positive. Almost the the quintessential moment in the in the movie where the characters are really happy, and it like the sun comes out, and then you hear the birds singing. And then conversely, like when things are, are negative and and sad, that's when you see the rain and, and stuff like that. It, that's actually scarily close to the truth in, in terms, in terms of, uh, how, how sort of psychology and, and emotion work in, in reality to affect your physiology. So if you're, if you're feeling really confident about something, um, we, we know through like some of the work of, of Amy Cuddy, for instance, if you're feeling super positive and like really confident, it directly affects your testosterone and causal, causal profile and, and vice versa. Um, so uh, yeah, that's that's kind of what we, we wanted to to dig into a little bit today. Um and I know that with with George's background with with a lot a lot of interest and a lot of time spent kind of with his head in the books of the, the psychology piece. Um I, I know that's something that you're you're really keen to kind of to explore.
0: Yeah, man, I love this topic and I'm glad we're doing this chapter. I know it's taken a while for us to get here, but I think it it's, it's what was needed. To go ahead and build a foundation to go ahead and get us here. Because, you know, previous chapters, we've talked about sleep, hydration, heart health, and CNS management. And we're just educating everyone to go ahead and understand from a biological standpoint and the resources in which we all operate on. We all are all, well, how do we reverse that? We are all biologically kind of programmed the same in a way, depending on gender. But we're very different from a personality standpoint. So it's learning how to go ahead and create these connections. And we've talked about this for the past few weeks of developing the same color cups across the board for the listeners to go ahead and, and understand what we we're talking about. So when we kind of start talking about psychological state where it's a very broad term, broad two words put together, what is psychological and then what is state and Again, it's on how we feel and the, the, in, in which how we view the world through. You know, If we're sad for the day, we're going to view the world and we're going to be much more sensitive to negative outcomes. If we're happy and positive, we're going to go ahead and have less sensitivity to those negative outcomes, our actions or whatever it is, and we'll be able to have the, the tolerance to manage them. While when we go ahead and look at having a low psychological state, we end up creating this... Um, this emotional thought process meaning that we we are not able to get out of the circular thinking and a lot of mm-hmm. people can, automatically probably can think oh i've never thought about that being a circular thought process and what is a circular thought process it can be as short as two or three thoughts or it can be as long as 5 days where someone's ruminating on specific thoughts and they don't know how to break that emotional thought process to go ahead and be more logical
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, I can I can completely relate to that. So in a, in a previous life, working in in rehab, um, as in kind of musculoskeletal rehab, working with patients who fell under the umbrella of like chronic pain or persistent pain sufferers, i.e., people who have had some kind of pain for six nine months plus. That was that was something that was very real, and you 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 quite literally see like that pain kind of being the lens through which they, they viewed everything else. Yep. So things like um, really struggling to find pleasure with, taking time with family or partner or doing activities that they, they used to really enjoy. And like you were saying, like you were describing with that cyclical nature, the fact that they can't then find pleasure with those activities means that they feel more negative. And the fact that they feel more negative means that their pain is, is kind of amplified. And the fact that the pain's amplified means they won't find pleasure. And it, it's, it's just that, like you said, it's, it's kind of a, a real negative spiral. And we know from from kind of some of the literature around persistent pain, that, that these kind of things can have real physiological effects. Like it affects kind of brain pathways
0: and, and like, like brain chemistry. Yep. And I, that's, that's super scary. I think <laughs> so that's where it brings in the whole idea of the biological standpoint. And you know, when we go and look at the heart and the brain, they're both organs. And we spoke about this in the past already. And we've, we've, you know, broken that down. And so when we go and look at the brain function, the brain functions, on a totally different spectrum than the way the heart does. And we don't have to get into a full-on drop into, you know, what and how these pathways are connected and how they fire to go ahead and send signals from the brain to the body. And and seeing this dysfunction and neural transmission in the brain, ultimately, right? Mm-hmm. The cool thing, though, is our brain can heal itself. That's the great thing about this. Just like liver can repair itself. You know, those kinds of functions our bodies are capable of doing, which is really fucking cool. But learning how to go ahead and create that kind of regeneration takes work on us, and it's not something that's externally going to fix from taking a pill, from doing a a, a mood therapy scale or a depression checklist. All those things from an external standpoint are just to kind of help us realize the dysfunction in that organ, which is the brain. Why are we talking about this? Well, because just like you mentioned, as someone in a rehab environment working with individuals who, one, probably are not sleeping well, not eating well, physical activity is quite low, right? Their management of CNS is is non-existent. Well, what do we go ahead and send up, end up seeing now? We end up seeing the psychological state start to decrease. And you can see now why we've kind of brought these chapters in this pathway, because of the fact now, it's like, okay, cool, to, to reset a lot of these things, we have to go ahead and first acknowledge, where is this individual on a scale of one to 10, right? One being super sad, depressed, I'm gonna kill myself, all the way up to 10 being I'm the most happiest person in the world and nothing can affect me. Is it is it possible to live in one extreme or the other? Yes. But over time that does do something to you. And you have to learn how to kind of flex and transfer between the scale because again, we're human and we're going to have days where there are specific types of stressors that are going to go ahead and cause us to lower our psychological state, which makes us a little bit more sensitive to negative stress. And then, hmm. you know, the vice versa, like I said previously, the higher the, the, we are on that mood scale, the, the more happier we are the, the the more tolerance we'll be able to handle stress and actually create a different perspective to it to create it to become more positive, even if it is a negative stressor. We have the ability to go from emotional-based thought process to a logical-based thought process, and that's the really cool part about that. But when we go to look at pain, we have to look at the psychological state first. Why is this pain happening? Where is it coming from? We understand it's coming from a knee, a hip, a foot, but how is it affecting the brain, though, over time? And this is something mm. where tracking training load for someone who is injured on a pain scale or utilizing a pain skill can give the coach, give the athlete a really good insight and educate them being like, all right, I need to lower <laughs> this pain number. How do we do so? Because I've been doing yeah. pills. I've been training as much as I can. I've been trying to fix my sleep. I've been trying to do all these things, but nothing's working. What, what mm, we, I, I think, yeah, go for sorry. it. You're good. Go for
1: it. I, I was just going to say, I think that that's where the, like the, this whole kind of conscious warrior model is so powerful because traditionally in those kind of settings, like we just described with that downward spiral, it can be really hard to reverse that, that kind of momentum of the spiral and start spinning it back the other way. And, and obviously we know that, that pain and emotion and feelings are, are very like multifactorial. Like there's lots of factors that, that kind of make that up. But when we, when we sort of use that, the lens or the perspective, if you like, of, of the conscious warrior system and, and the pillars, if the, if something like psychological state is is suffering we can almost like just lean a little bit more heavily as you're kind of alluding to on on the other pillars Correct. which which takes some of that that kind of that load or the emphasis away from the the psychological state and all of a sudden rather than so rather than the psychological state being like the input the the thing that you're trying to manipulate you can use the other pillars to like to 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 um, like sleep and, and training load and nutrition and things like that to like positively affect psychological state Correct. without having to come up with like specific, um, uh, like interventions to, uh, to affect it. Does that, oh, that kind of make sense? hundred
0: like... percent. You're on it. So I consider them like gates right like we have to yeah. be able to get so for example if i had someone come to us who is injured and has a high has a 7 of pain the first thing i'm going to do and this is something that you know i just got to listen to a podcast from patrick uh mckinnon i think or Mc- uh, patrick mckinnon yeah mckinnon he yeah. he wrote the book um the oxygen advantage and he just put a new book out called the breathing cure which is just dropped this july in the in the united states actually he made a really good point when he came down to talking about these interventions, you know, hey, let's go ahead and put you on a sleep apnea machine. Let's go ahead and give you you to start talking to a psychiatrist. Let's go ahead and start taking, you know, antidepressants to go ahead and help get you out of this pain, get you feeling better and doing all these things. What he saw was when these patients came to him, they were still experiencing high levels of depression, anxiety, even doing all of these things. So the reason why I bring this up is because it comes down to, again, when we spoke about this in Heart Health and we look at the idea of getting oxygen into the system to go ahead and help regulate us on a higher level. The same thing happens here with the brain. And what he found, there was a correlation with dysfunctional breathing patterns that increase anxiety and depression, or was the main root cause to depression and anxiety and those things. And what ended up happening was giving them pills, telling them to go get on a sleep apnea machine. All we were doing was, one, putting a Band-Aid over it or increasing more symptoms now i'm not saying that western medicines is wrong or i just want, want to put that there what i'm saying though is that ultimately we have the power to go ahead and heal ourselves from the most basic simplest things such as breathing and why am i talking about breathing is because it's probably one of the most powerful and the most powerful th- actions we can do with right away or right away with results right away Mm. yeah
1: it's really accessible as well it's not like you haven't got to go and drop a few thousand on a sleeping machine or
0: something like that correct and and again do you do we need to fix those things and pair them? But what he ended up finding was that when he started adding in this new breathing work with these individuals and changing the way their, their breathing patterns were, he started to see a decrease in depression and anxiety paired with some of these other interventions, as well as focusing on getting better sleep, eating healthier, managing stress, managing their central nervous system. So again, it comes back to, look, those things are great, but we have the ability to heal ourselves so that we can go ahead and get ourselves away from that and actually just focus on a continuous thing of focusing on breathing. One cool thing that I want to go ahead and talk about here is when we go ahead and look at observing emotions feelings and how they're like very complex and multi you know multifactional in in a way and this is the reason why we're calling it the conscious warrior framework is because it's not a thinking awareness and I keep saying this it's a feeling awareness right meaning that hey how do I feel today and -hmm. it's something that I took from my daughter, right? It was it was like, hey, on a scale of one to ten during COVID last year when she got pulled away from her kids, I was kind of worried about how she was gonna to react to it. Like from a psychological standpoint at such a young age. Yeah. And we started checking, hey, you know, and Savannah did a really good job. She was like, why don't we give her like a a mood scale where they do it in other countries for kids to go ahead and help understand where they're at to help them move forward. And it was something that was very powerful to go ahead and bring out. And I think that's a really good baseline to use to kind of find where you're at in a psychological state, right? As well as okay, cool. If I wake up and I'm in a very negative headspace, how do I change it? Well, what if we just increase oxygen to the brain so that then we have the energy to go ahead and and change the way we're thinking? Because ultimately, what's happening is we're suffocating ourselves due to improper breathing mechanics. And yeah, why are we talking about breathing during a psychological state podcast and and, and this chapter is because ultimately it's going to be one of the main things that is going to help you change your psychological state in that moment. And the way we can go ahead and do that is, is look at the term called LSD breathing. What does that stand for? Well, it stands for light, slow, deep breaths, meaning that you close your mouth, you place the tongue to the roof of your, your mouth as well, right? Your tongue to the roof of your mouth, and then you try and breathe in through your nose as light as possible, as slow as possible, so that means it's there's no pausing on the, inhale, on the back end of the inhale or on the back end of the exhale. It's literally just a slow inhale, as light as you can. And the way you like to think about it is letting the water kind of slowly flow through or the air flow through your nose. And if you notice, if you do that for five breaths, slow, no slight, slow, deep, you'll see that automatically your brain and the way you feel changes. You might notice your pupils might kind of, Get a little bit wider you might notice increase in saliva in your mouth what we just did there was we just took you from this let's say you're at a four we just lowered you down to a two which is crazy yeah. just from doing that
1: yeah yeah and I, I think like to kind of come full circle on this this intro really this episode that having that self-awareness piece like like you were saying with your daughter identifying like well well, where, how am I feeling? Where am I today? That's like the first step in that kind of process of, like you always talk about, kind of getting a baseline, putting in some sort of intervention like just described and then taking like another, like another post-test in terms of sort of, Making this really relevant, and obviously we'll dive into this more in in episode three when we we kind of give you some some take-homes to play around with, but again, coming back to that be your own scientist idea and figuring out what and how things work for you is is hugely empowering, and that in itself has the ability to kind of change psychological state and, and output, having that. Uh, having that kind of power to make a difference and make yourself feel better is yeah, I don't I don't think you can underestimate that.
0: Well it goes back to this and we'll we'll talk more about these, but the project, the 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 project that I'm working with Savannah right now, the whole writing therapy aspect we talked about last week. It was mm. like I was hey, I was like, hey babe, what do you think about trying to start a new writing therapy? I know you like to write in the past. We've seen how well you write, but I know it probably help you out from a mental standpoint, you know, to kind of get yourself to flush whatever's in your head and you can move on instead of ruminating on it as we've seen with negative thought processes again we're finding ways to go ahead and break these emotional based thought processes and bring it in more of a logical thought process but again what did i do i set up i set a i had a mood scale in the beginning before she starts to write and i have a mood scale at the end after she's done writing and what are we seeing already from it it's an increase in mood after she's done writing no matter what it is and yes is it somewhat of a subjective you know result sure but over a long period of time that no longer becomes subjective
1: yeah and i i don't think i don't think subjective is necessarily a bad thing here because we can it's very easy to kind of get wrapped up in needing to put like kind of numbers and data and things like that behind it but if you if you feel better you feel better you know like the kind of placebo effect is just as powerful 100
0: percent. and what do we just do there as we've talked about in the past with our our stress system that we've come up with the phases of it all we're doing is recognizing the stress changing our perspective to it by just changing our perspective we then gain new ways to go ahead and regenerate recover from that stress to prepare follow-on stress and the cycle continues going on and again if you notice again What was the idea here and what was important takeaway is learning to become more self-aware is going to be the first step. And then from there, we can start throwing in different things. That's all I'm doing, right? With my daughter, I was like, hey, how are you feeling today? Boom, with Savannah. Hey, before you start your writing therapy for the day, I need to know where your mood's at before and your mood's at after. That's all I'm doing because that's the way I can measure psychological state because I don't know them from being inside their body, but they know themselves and they can be honest with themselves as well. So I'm excited for this, for this series and this chapter, and I don't want to get too much into more of the weeds because I want to save it for the other two episodes. But if you guys have any questions regarding this first episode, you want to hear more, please reach out and we can talk more about it. But again, I think we're going to be answering a lot of questions over the next two episodes. So thanks for listening guys. And if you guys want to get a hold of us, emails at george at softly.com or Matt at softly.com.